0: We're kneading the dough, we got the flour out. (laughs) I mean, we're literally redefining everything we do. I think he does things at the position that you can't coach, like, he he can see things. He's not one of those guys you go, ah, he didn't see him, he was wide open. We're gonna push extremely hard to be a a really potent passing attack, rushing attack, and the winningest offense in the league. That's where we wanna be, you know we're chasing that kind of greatness.
1: Welcome
2: into the lounge. We didn't have an episode last week because we were gearing up. Yeah, sometimes you week. sometimes you have to exercise patience, exactly. And then at the end of that, you get a really good result, and that's what we hope today is. Exactly. We have
1: offensive coordinator, Greg Roman. His first interview since being named the Ravens' new OC. Uh, and I have a feeling he's going to shed a lot of light. He's going to tell us all the juicy secrets.
2: Oh yeah, He's going to give us all the dirt. Get the game plan. Get yes. the whole
1: offensive scheme game <laughs> plan. Just
2: lay it all out. It may not go that far. Or maybe not go that far. <laughs> but we will have a great <laughs> conversation. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and welcome in our new offensive coordinator, Greg Roman.
1: Greg, last time we did an interview like this, It was in Coaches in Cars Getting Coffee. You and I went to Dunkin' Donuts. No coffee this time. I apologize. That's okay.
0: That's okay. It wasn't in the title. So (laughs) don't expect any coffee.
1: Nice, nice. Now you're in the lounge, so generally, you know, we'll crack a beer in here or something like that. I don't know if you're interested. Not during the work hours.
2: (laughs) 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 Next time we'll do the podcast, we'll do it after hours.
1: Once again, I'll make the same joke I made with the Coaches in Cars having coffee. You're a better employee than I am. There you go. (laughs) So, uh, we'll start with this, uh, kind of a, an easy one for you. Just the process of being an offensive coordinator again. What's, what's that feeling like for you? What's the emotions for you?
0: You know, it's just a great opportunity here. Uh, great, op- great organization, great people. And, uh, you know, don't take the responsibility lightly. Um, very excited about it. Um, very much entrenched right now with our own staff. Uh, rebuilding our offense. Um, one thing I've learned... Is you know you're only as good as, as how well you um, uh, put you know take the entire group individually and collectively of a staff and mm. and utilize and work with everybody you know our power uh, you know can be multiplied because we got a lot of smart sharp people uh, you know that have been in the trade for a while and know quite a bit so we've got a ma- the challenge of a coordinator is really maximizing everybody's abilities, mm-hmm. uh, identifying who, where a guy's strengths lie, and, and that can be the staff itself or players too. So it's a great process, and uh, I've got a, a lot of experience at it, which I'm thankful for that I can draw on and improve on. So very excited, though,
2: moving forward. So Coach Harbaugh <laughs> said in his season recap presser that you guys are working to build the offense from the ground up so what does that mean and what does that entail
0: great question uh literally i mean we have the dough out the rolling the rolling <laughs> pin and we're kneading the dough we got the flour out i mean we're literally um redefining everything we do uh as a staff as a group uh, so you know literally everything every formation uh every route every run uh, You know every route concept. How can we make this offense, which up until this point has been good, Uh, we're trying to make it as great as we can be. Um, But how can we make it as as learnable, as um, understandable, as streamlined, as efficient? uh, You know, and 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 you can really dovetail off into discussion about players you're getting nowadays from college and what their experience is like from college. How do they call plays? How do they <coughs> communicate? How do they understand? How do they learn? You know, so our offense will be a very concept driven offense and a, you know, a very, uh, our goal is to make it as uh, with depth and width and breadth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we can bring, bring that system to the players. And, you know, make it as user friendly as possible. To where uh, guys coming in that are new from a college system? Shoot, they might be in a pro system. Doubtful. Not a lot of them left. Mm. There might be from some spread offense. You know, what's going to make the most sense to them? How are they going to, you know, learn what we're doing as efficiently as possible? So not only is it geared towards guys we'll be bringing in, but it'll also hopefully make our whole operation be more efficient. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's a it's a, a very stimulating exercise, very time-consuming. You know, really from I think January 11th is when we got started on it and we've been grinding away at it. Oh, you well know. That's it. Yeah, and, you know, we're only so far into it because what I've learned, and I've done this a few times, um, and really I really feel like this is going to be the best version of it, Uh, I I know it is. Actually, it already is. But um, what you run into is, uh, you know, it's like putting your kids, uh, you know, baking oven or furniture together. You know, like Uh, if you make a bookshelf right now. Yeah, there you go.
1: Oh God, (laughs) nightmares! If If you make
0: a wrong move early or if you make a move that doesn't make sense early in the process, mm-hmm. now you gotta unscrew everything <laughs> and start been there. over. Yeah, I've been there, you know how that goes. Hopefully that paints a picture for you, like yeah. it's, a, it's a methodical process, but you've got, you, you know there's landmines out there, so to speak, and you've gotta kinda of put the thing together to where it's gonna be systematic, mm-hmm. uh, and it meets all the goals that you prescribe ahead of time. I mean, you're really talking about everything at a granular level. So it's a lot of fun, stimulating, Uh, gives our staff a great time to interact, work through things, problems, find solutions. And uh, I think uh, we're gonna, you know, so far, uh, I'm really, really excited because it's very, very fun to do this.
2: So, so like, I'm curious. When people have asked me what will the offense look like in 2019 with you as the OC, I basically said it'll probably be kind of a bulked-up version of what they did the second half of the season when Lamar took over as a starting quarterback.
1: But you're you talk, wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> like, is that is that
2: accurate? Uh, I mean,
0: I think there's definitely going to be elements. I mean, really, let's start off with, What's it going to look like? It's going to look like how our players tell us it should look like. So, obviously, with Lamar, a quarterback, it's going to, you know, be tailored towards Lamar.
1: It's not like we're throwing out the RPOs, (laughs) basically. No, no. Right. But we might
0: add a few. Right, right. You know, we might do some things that look like RPOs that aren't. Mm. You know, we'll take the next logical step there. Right. Uh, But, you know, who are our receivers? Who are our tight ends? Uh, Who are our running backs? So... All of that stuff will, uh, and then when you build a system, you want to build it wide enough, you know, deep enough and broad enough that you can move around in that system efficiently to where guys aren't having to memorize all these new things, They're, they understand the concept, right. and you can shift, move around it within that. But to your, to your question, um, what will it look like, you know, a lot of it will d- depend on, you know, how the roster gets shaped. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, this is a big year for Lamar and his development, but also it's a big year for Orlando Brown. You know, can we run behind him? Mm -hmm. Can we pull him more? You know, can we pull our left guard, our right guard? All that stuff will add up to it. Um, What's our deep threat look like? Will we we be able to attack people at the third level? You know, so I think a lot of those things will go into it, but, um, you know, I think what what we've did the last half of last year um, you'll definitely see elements of that.
1: Okay. Right. Is it too simple to say, you know, you talk about building around Lamar and that's been kind of the the big talking point this offseason, but is it too simple to say like this is all built around Lamar or is that just a fact like he's your he's your franchise quarterback now, everything and all these decisions kind of in a way revolve around him. I mean, obviously talk about Orlando Brown and whether he can pull that's not hinging doesn't hinge on Lamar but does does a lot of your decisions hinge on Lamar and what he can do oh
0: yeah I think that's where that's where it starts Um, that's where it starts but it doesn't end there you know Mm -hmm. there's so many different matchups to come up uh, factors to factor in in terms of hey what's the offense going to look like well you know, it's really gonna. The players are gonna decide what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're building a system that's gonna accommodate whatever that could look like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and and we'll go from there. But uh, you know, the quarterback is always the is always
2: the focal point of of the direction you go. So so let's go backwards just a little bit. You made the transition to this offense when you changed quarterbacks. Obviously, that happened during a bye week. Lamar had to figure out what it's like to start in the NFL and just get used to playing for an entire game, you had to completely change the system for the most part, even though you've been doing some of the stuff, but it was a change. You know, how challenging was that last year? No one complained about it or anything like that, but how challenging was that when you went through that process and did that sort of put a cap on, you know, you can't add everything to the equation because you're trying to game plan specific that week. So how big of a challenge was that last year?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a challenge, but it was a fun challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I'd say we were the the beneficiaries of was Lamar was our backup. So this stuff wasn't some of it was invented as we went, but a lot of it was invented upon what we had just done. A lot, you know, the core basic principles, we had practiced some in training camp, Mm -hmm. you know, with the idea or that the possibility existed one way or another that he would be starting right and if so you know let's you know let's prepare ourselves for that problem or contingency or mm-hmm. you know situation. so um, it was definitely um, worked on but it had been kind of put on the shelf you know but it wasn't a completely new right. the fundamentals principles and concepts right weren't like wasn't like whoa what is this guys had heard? Or at least dabbled in it some, you know, training camp, mm-hmm. and a little bit actually throughout the year as we interspersed him in in the two quarterback system, mm-hmm. you know. But it was definitely a unique uh, change of gears, you know, and you know, and, and then you always want to put yourself on the other side of the ball, like you imagine what it was like for those teams that had to deal with that right off the to get, right. and that, that made it even more fun because that couldn't have been fun for them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So, I mean, kind of piggybacking off that, how complex could you make the offense last year, considering all the things that we just talked about, you know, ushering in season on, on a scale of 1 to 10, theoretically, right? We like how numbers, compl- We like to simplify right. things right. <laughs> how complex <laughs> could it be last year, and then what's the complexity level, and what can it get to this year?
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, complex is really... You know our 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 perspective on offense is we want to take and make it easy for us and hard for them. So what appears complex right. to them because of things we've done or us. added, but to us it's simple. Right. You know, so that's always our challenge. Like, how can I take this complicated uh, idea and uh, print, you know concept and present it in such a way and teach it in such a way to where it's under easily understood. You know, mm-hmm. how can I uh, Barney it down, so to speak, as they <laughs> right. used to say. I don't even know if people know
1: who Barney is. <laughs> you know, we got you. Yeah, we were still in the Barney Yeah, We were Barney kids, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs>
0: but, uh, but that's always our challenge. So we want, we definitely, uh, you know, we definitely wanted to appear complex. That's for sure. We want to put as much stress on our opponent as possible, and you can do that in a variety of ways, you know. So uh, that'll be our goal. You know, the most important thing is when we get the players back in here and and then we start working with them Mm -hmm. and working through that process. But we want to make sure we've got the table set when they arrive, you know.
2: So we've already mentioned Lamar's name about a dozen times, but let's hang out on him a little bit longer because, like we're talking about, he is kind of the centerpiece of this whole operation. Just what was your assessment of how he played as a rookie?
0: You know, uh, I think Lamar has great uh, intrinsic intrinsic, um, uh, abilities at the position, like spatial awareness, all these important things, uh, you know, depth perception. Uh, he's got a good feel, um, so he's gotta, you know, obviously become more consistent in certain areas, but you know, when you combine his progress and development with what, he's, what he already has, you know, the arrow's up and it's, and it's gonna go up. And one of the most encouraging things to me and I remember saying this to somebody around week 12 or 13. Wow, he's—I haven't seen him throw it like this before. Mm. You know, it was better than last week, and which was better than the the week before. And then the next week, and really, it started on the practice field. So, um, having had that year under his belt, this spring practice time for him is going to be very, very important uh, in his development because, you know, he get, came in here as a rookie with his body of work and his experiences. Um, this league is obviously, uh, you know, there's a learning curve there. Some people take the learning curve fast, some people not so much, you know. I thought he did a very, very good job with it, and he's just got to continue uh, becoming a, a true professional, you know, uh, working uh, year-round on his craft and, and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, I r- really this se- this offseason is going to be big for him and uh you know everything he does he the more he works at it he gets better at it. so very encouraged by that
1: i just want to talk about him as a passer because that's what everybody's talking about with him i mean we all know what he can do as a runner i mean he, he might be the best running quarterback ever like not right now but as a passer that's somewhere i think that we all look at and say all right he needs to make strides there as almost every quarterback does Where do you think he can improve as a passer? Where do you anticipate that he will improve? In what areas of his passing game? And, uh, you know, why do you believe that he'll do that? Okay, well,
0: uh, let me first start off with, I think he does things at the position that uh, you can't coach, like, he he can see things. Hmm. He's not one of those guys you go, ah, he didn't see him, he was wide open, or they dropped coverage on this guy and he didn't see it. You know, uh, that is hugely encouraging. Mm. because, um, you know, some guys just don't have that. You know, they're fundamentally perfect, uh, meticulous, you know, with uh, their approach, their eye progression, all that stuff, Uh, their balance, you know, their alignment, all that, uh, their throwing motion. But they can't, when when the pause button gets hit play and 22 people are moving, Mm some guys can't process all that at a high level. He can. You know, fundamentally is where he needs to make his most strides. And obviously, once he gets working with his guys, you know, building that rapport, chemistry and relationship, you know, in real time. That's that's big too. But I would rather have a guy that can see the field, that can see things and get his mechan- get him mechanically, fundamentally Uh, progressing than you know the guy that's really really good fundamentally but just can't see the field right does that make sense yeah Yeah. definitely yeah definitely and that's a big big thing
1: and I think part of that kind of plays into and I this is what I always tell people is Lamar might not you know it's never it's not gonna look like Joe throwing the ball and it may never look like Joe like a 20 to 25 yard out to the sideline like might not be Lamar's best throw ultimately right But Lamar's gonna make a ton of plays on broken plays, him getting out of pressure, and that kinda pertains to you talking about seeing the field, right? Like, Ben Roethlisberger, part of what makes him great is when a play breaks down, he sees that guy get open, and he can hit him for a big play. Do you get the same feeling that Lamar can make big plays on broken plays kind of like that?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, that that's definitely going to be part of the formula. Right. I mean, you don't want to go into a game as a coach saying, hey, that. man, look, you know, Lamar's <laughs> going to run around, make some big-time plays, and that's how we're going <laughs> right. you know? to win. To me, you, you know, you're planning to win the game a certain way, and those plays stacked on top of the other plays right. are what are, are going to make a big difference. But, yes. You're counting on those plays uh, in the back of your mind, but you can't say that's what that's our crutch, you know. Right. And the reality of it, though, there are going to be games we win because of what you just mentioned. You yeah. know. Him making plays when uh, we get off off schedule, you know. Um, so that's big too.
1: Did I, I saw a lot of improvement from from when he first stepped in at rookie minicamp to just the way the ball look, came out of his hands to when the Chargers game, the playoff game, like just his actual throwing mechanics and the tight spiral and everything like that. Did you see a lot of improvement in that regard?
0: Oh, yeah, a lot of improvement. We, we just got to continue to uh, develop him, Yeah. you know, and that's uh, repetition. I mean, really is, is, is the mother of that. And... Uh, that's uh, very, very important. But has he made progress? Sure he has. He's made really good progress. He's got to keep making progress. Yeah. And uh, he will. You know, that's the kind of guy he is. He's driven to be successful. And, uh, you know, that, that'll, be, that'll be a key p- factor in his in our success, though, is him continuing to work and uh, make that progress.
2: You know, something that's interesting about him is a lot of times when you talk about quarterbacks who have a tendency to run, there seems to be a thought of let's get the number of rushes down, run less. Where with him, I don't necessarily know if that's the case because he's so dynamic in that area and that's such a big piece of the offense. What, in your mind, is an ideal run-pass balance with him at quarterback?
0: Uh, very simply, whatever it takes to win the game. Every week it might be different. and One thing I've learned over, over the year, I've, I've worked with a lot of uh, athletic quarterbacks, you know that that can Colin, affect. Tyrod, yeah, it can affect the game with their feet. Even Alex Smith was mm-hmm. yeah, don't he under, get yeah, back then especially. But um, when a ru- quarterback decides to run, he's in control. It's it's when the quarterback doesn't see the guy, the quarterback in the pocket, the blind hit, you know, somebody rolling him up from behind. Those kind of things, you know. But when a quarterback's in control. Uh, when he, you know, is running the football, he can pretty much control his fate. You know, I can get down, I can get out of bounds, I can slide, I can dive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so when when the quarterback's actually running the ball, um, you, I think you'd you'd find if you really looked at it that they don't really take many shots, and if they do, they probably didn't have to. Right. And that's part of the continuing education process, but. Uh, We certainly don't want to go into a game saying, hey, uh, we're just going to run Lamar and hope that he can run around and make plays. You know, that's not the the formula. But um, if people want to play a certain style of defense and they don't want to respect his legs, I mean, I don't care. You can go back through history. You know, uh, Steve Young, Fran Tarkenton, you know, go back. Guys that... That can, that can move and make plays with their feet, hey, you better be ready to, to deal with that. You know, uh, you got everybody covered, great. Are your pass rush lanes perfect? Mm-hmm. Well, they better be, you know? <laughs> right. So that's just another weapon. But it's in terms of saying, hey, you know, we're gonna call just nothing but zone read plays and, you know, every week he's running the ball 20 to 25 times, no, we're not gonna do that, you know? Um, but it's definitely going to be a part of what we do and it'll it'll vary week to week
2: you bring up the protecting himself because i think that's a lot of times when you're talking about him that that's where the conversation goes like can he can he last without getting hurt i mean people look and say well rg3 got hurt that's can what he, i think affects all yeah. this
1: and like kind of to the hit that you're talking about Right? people and our fans are like well look at rg3 right
2: he got hurt but like but that's kind of one of those yes. ones he
1: didn't have to take and i'm not necessarily
2: yeah. convinced personally that a guy who's a runner is that much more likely to be hurt than a guy who's a passer. Like, I I don't know what the numbers say on that. Well, look
1: at Joe. Joe got rolled up on for his ACL, and then his hip. I mean, he got landed
2: hard on his hip, and a guy landed on top of him. In the pocket. Right, Right. in the pocket. Right. 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 And so, like, you can look at a number of guys that pocket passers that have been injured throughout their career. It sounds to me like you're not – all, obviously you want to protect him and you want to slide when you need to slide to get out of bounds you need to get out of bounds and all that. But it doesn't sound to me like you're overly concerned about is this guy going to get hurt and are we going to be without him?
0: No, no. But, it, you know, and, and gosh, I've been through this and I've been overly cautious at times. Um, in the past, I've kind of been through it. But no, I'm not concerned at all as long as we are on the same page of an understanding of once you decide to run the ball, you're in control and now... Here's what you need to do. Um, here's how you need to handle these situations, because unnecessary hits are not what we're looking for. You know, um, over the course of time, and this has been something we would meet on last year. Um, generally, I think it was Fridays I would get with him, and we would go through, and and really study what you know his decision-making process in those situations, and it improved greatly as the year went on.
1: Yeah,
0: but. Uh, you know, it's something that'll continue to improve, but it's no different than a quarterback. When he, I don't care who it is, any 32 starting quarterbacks that decide to scramble, uh, for you know, on third down, uh, it just may happen more often. You know, but if you make great decisions, you know, it's it's really the the, the upside's high and the downside's low. Yeah. So, but again, going into a game. Most games, you're not going to go. We're not going to go into a game saying, "Hey, he's going to tote the rock 30 times," <laughs> you know, week in and week out. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. But uh, but it's an interesting discussion, and it's it's a thing, it's a thing I've wrestled with for many years, you know, um, but I, I feel pretty good about it.
1: So going back to the opponent and, and what they do to kind of uh, you know react to what you guys are doing in Lamar. A lot of people still talk about the Chargers game. It's the most recent game in everybody's memory, which obviously the offense and Lamar kind of struggled for three quarters. Mm-hmm. What was it that they did that really bottled up Lamar and, and kind of threw a wrench in our offensive plans? And, and why there's been a lot of discussion since then of, oh, well, did they just catch up to it? Did they catch up to Lamar, catch up to this kind of offense? Is that an example of how it's not going to work long term? Why is that not the case?
0: Well, I mean... You know, we're not happy about how that, how we played that game or coached or, or any of it, really. Um, as far as they played better than we did, they coached better than we did. I think technique, I think they played te- better technique than we did up front. You know, they made some decisions that they were going to let our backs carry the ball more than our quarterback, and that's fine, and other teams have made that decision. We were just able to uh, do a little bit better, you know, Uh, Mm. Blocking them and hitting the hole and all security and whatnot. So uh, Our ball security, you know, that's gonna be one of our our biggest uh, themes moving into the spring Mm. is uh, you know Making sure we finish finish every possession with the ball Um, That played a huge factor in that game quite frankly Um, but uh, you know, as far as scheme wise, very, very similar to the way we almost exactly the way they played us the first time in the first game out in California. So, yeah, that, that was a little bit overrated. All, the, all overblown. The You're saying like the whole seven DBs Yeah, and that was thing. a little bit more rumor and innuendo. I really? Think. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, would I do things different? Heck, yeah, I would. Right. You know, but that, that really didn't have much of anything to do with To do with it, yeah. Right. Um, but, but credit to them, you know, always credit to them. But uh, I think we would do things a little bit differently right. moving
2: forward. Just to go back to the, the point that Ryan brought up in terms of sustainability. So like, that's the question that the, some people have about this offense. Can it, can it be sustainable from the injury standpoint? We already talked about that. Can it be sustainable because it seems to be more run heavy than pass heavy when so much of the league is moving in this passing direction? Like why, mm-hmm. why do you believe, obviously you do, the team does, that this is a sustainable offense that can last in 2019 and, and many years beyond? Right. I mean, we're zigging when everybody else is zagging, basically.
0: Mm, yeah, yes and no. Um, yeah. I like people believing that. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, we've got to develop um, a strong passing attack, and Lamar's got to develop, and everybody yeah. around him has got to get better in that area. You know, obviously there'll be more emphasis on that. But, you know, here's the thing. Um, if you got a great receiver, what do they do? They double them, right? Um, if they got a, a really good running game, what are they going to do? Put an extra guy down there. Right. Got a really good passing game. What are they going to do? You know, they're right. going to play TVs. too deep, or right. they're right. going to hey. have something right. <clears throat> Everybody wants you to have to fight left-handed, and the best thing we can do is become be able to fight with both hands. You know, so we want to be able to uh, run it and pass it, and there'll definitely be more of a, a uh, more of a balance there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how you win. That's how you. Su- that what makes it makes it sustainable. Right. And you know, I can point to. Seattle there for a while with uh, With their quarterback, you know, they were very very run heavy, but they got going in the passing game some they balanced it out You know, and that's that's another thing we want to do is make make a lot more big plays in the passing game Mm -hmm. Take advantage of these looks we're getting from defenses who are basically stacking everybody up in there and playing a Modified 6-2 defense, you know, Mm -hmm. so um, you know that goes into it, too, so I definitely think you want we want to have uh, we'll have more balance and um, that's what we're pushing to do because if you can I think you've seen in very recent history teams that can run it and throw it uh, effectively that's that's the panacea you know that is where you want to be right you've seen teams that are so one one you know one-handed man there they can throw it great but gosh when it's the times get tough, and they gotta run it. Man, they're getting rejected. Right. That generally doesn't work either. It can, but it doesn't. Right. And the, the team that only runs it uh, and doesn't really try to exploit the matchups and the looks you get, you know, that that can work, but that you're not hedging your bets in the in the in, from a percentage standpoint. We want to be great at both. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, uh, you you know, we saw glimpses of it this year with uh, you know the big play-action pass to Mark Andrews out in in California. Um, You know, that's a a reward for running the ball very well. You get the opportunity to do that, Mm -hmm. and the guys executed it. So, you know, we definitely want to be able to put as much pressure uh, on the defense at every level. You know, short, intermediate, deep, over there, over there, you know, sideline to sideline. We want to make them have to defend
1: the whole field. And if they choose not to, we want to be able to exploit it. I, I do think one of Lamar's better balls is his deep ball. Like he's got a nice touch on his deep ball that like gives his receiver a chance, too. So I feel like that third level that you talked about, like that is attainable.
0: Yeah, he's definitely shown that ability. you know, um, And he's just got to keep working towards being so consistent mm-hmm. to where he's hitting them. When those opportunities come up, You know, he's hitting them all the time. And, and I know that's how he feels, too
1: right so so this is your your third time as offensive coordinator as we mentioned you know san francisco before this and and buffalo how did those experiences do you would you say impact you now how do they make you who you are now you know i'll be honest with
0: you every experience i've had at every level of of coaching um you kind of draw from Mm -hmm. in in this kind of role um really any and every at every level of the organization um and because no matter where you are um shoot I started off as a glorified g a worked in the weight room mm-hmm. uh you know coached on the defensive side and you just when you're around it that much at every level you start to, you just learn you just learn things by doing you know time on task and um specifically the coordinate coordinator roles um i mean shoot you can you know there's no greater learning experience than experience you know. Mm-hmm. and uh, I can look back and, man, I would have done that differently, or, man, that was really good, that was a good thought, or that wasn't, or mm-hmm. what if I had approached this a different way. But I'd say the thing I mentioned earlier, maybe the, be- the biggest thing I've learned, is that, you know, being uh, able to take our staff and being able to maximize their talents. We've got a lot of talented guys, coaches on our staff, and, you know, really... Uh, really trying to be a force multiplier, and trying to come up with the best solutions, the best answers, the best plans. Uh, just, you know, really maximizing everybody, and that that's the players as well.
2: Does this remind you of what you went through in San Francisco? you got a hardball as a head coach. You got Colin Kaepernick, obviously was a quarterback there, but a dual threat, dynamic quarterback you know, Crabtree was, you know, both places, like there's a lot of similarities that, that, that seem to exist between those two places.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, every situation is different. I think it's great that I'm able to draw on that experience because there are similarities. <laughs> there are very, uh, very much so. Um, but, you know, this situation will be different. And, uh, you know, having those experiences, uh, you know, they're priceless, really. You know, really, as I look at it, you get a real great chance to be critical of yourself and how you did things and, you know, situations that you were in, would you handle them differently, all those things. So, um, you know, very blessed to have had those experiences and and be able to do this Mm -hmm. moving forward.
1: Would you, would you have thrown it to Crabtree on the goal line in the Super Bowl again? <laughs>
2: I, I have to ask you that one,
0: Would Jimmy Smith have a, a bear hug him again?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> I, I, here we go. I, I'm sure that debate still hasn't been settled in the Harbaugh household either about whether it was a, whether uh, it was a PI. Ancient history, fellow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, one thing with, with Good your, learning experience. <laughs> yeah, there you exactly, go. exactly. With your uh, your reputation, you know, in Buffalo and, and in San Francisco, everybody talks about these running games, these amazing running games that you've orchestrated and put together. I mean, the stats just bear it out. you've always had a really good rushing attack. The passing attack hasn't been ranked as high. Now part of that is because you haven't thrown it. You've run the ball a lot, so your average yards per game just kind of works out that way. But for those listening, explain to them why, uh, you know, you're going to craft a good passing attack here.
0: Well, I'd say, number one, the the greatest gift you can give is winning. Um, yeah. Like, if you look at all the 300-yard passing games this year, passers, tell me how many of those were attached to a win. Right. I'll let you go dig that up. You <laughs> that might, be, might take a little while. No, you might be surprised. Really? Yeah. So um, I try to look beyond uh, – fool's gold, Mm -hmm. so to speak. The biggest thing is we've got to have a great passing attack that can attack all coverages, uh, be consistent, and uh, win in the clutch, you know, in all situations as well. So, you know, it's a non-stop, uh, you know, you're chasing that mythical ridgeline, it never ends. You know, you're constantly trying to improve that. You know, in in, in those situations, I'd say we were built Uh, Definitely in a way that we were the best chance to win was to kind of operate within a specific formula Um, But when we had you know, I will say this like games where it was like Hey, we got to score some big points in this game and these guys we got good matchups here You know the, the passing numbers were huge But if I didn't have to do that the next week to win I wouldn't right, you know, I was more concerned about winning And setting things up for the future, you know, rather than chasing chasing those stats, I'm always chasing the win column stat, you know. And one thing about Baltimore, having been here in the past and again now, man, the Baltimore fans, they they want to win. They want to win. They don't really care how we win. Mm -hmm. They want a Super Bowl here with uh, incredible defense and Jamal Lewis right, Jamal Lewis left. (laughs) A lot of happy, a lot of happy campers. Why? Because they were the champs, you know. They won. So how you win? I don't really get caught up in that. That's that's really you got to take your players and make them as good as they can be and maximize their collective abilities to win. And uh, you know if that if we are built in such a fashion, then or we're playing teams where man we got to take advantage of these guys and make them pay. Then we've got to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. we're not that. You can look at some very recent. Teams that were, man, they might have been even number one in passing. But are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're turning the ball over. They're throwing interceptions. They're, you know, nothing demoralizes a, a team, in my opinion, as much as just that sloppy approach to things. Where hey, we're chasing stats, but we don't care what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's not fair to the to the rest of the team. So, you know, we will. Uh, you know, we're going to push. Extremely hard to be a a really potent passing attack, rushing attack, and the the most the winningest offense in the league. That that's where we want to be. You know, we're chasing that kind of greatness. And my experience is, uh, you're gonna when you do that and you're successful, you're gonna have great stats in in certain areas, and uh, things you got to continue to work on. It might be passing, it might be rushing, it might be this or that, but. Uh, as far as building a passing attack, that's fun.
2: Excellent. We're having
0: a lot of fun doing that. That's actually what we're doing right now. Right? That's what that's we're what flour the
2: dough. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> we're doing that big time.
0: Um, yeah. But even we're we're doing it really at at every level. Like how what is the simplest, most efficient way that we can be a multi-dimensional offense for the players to communicate, understand, you know, formations, motions, everything. You know how can we? You can't. the The ultimate thing would be telekinesis, right? The quarterback just <laughs> looks at everybody. Everybody knows what he's saying because right. he just communicated it to him. And bam, we we're moving fast. We we're Pete moving. Peyton Manning had that, right? <laughs> no, nah, he, he he had a sore throat at the end of the game. <laughs> because He was yelling so much. But but you know that's obviously we we haven't gotten to that point. <laughs> yeah. either, so we have we have to be able to communicate and uh, be able to be as hard to prepare for as as possible you know we want to be the hardest team to prepare for in the the National Football League and we will be but we want to do it in such a fashion that uh, is really really uh, you know uh, learnable likable all those good good terms and is efficient streamlined and I go back to a lot of teams in college you know they they're not huddle what's a huddle Mm -hmm. you know Yep. Now I think we were up there in time of possession this year, for sure. And we want to do that as well. You know, we want to be able to control a game. So huddling is good at times because mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, you are definitely um, keeping the other th- offense on the sideline and whatnot. But we, we will also employ many different tempos as yeah.
1: well. It is interesting. One big takeaway from from this talk is you're uh, you're wanting to kind of mold this offense. To be an easy transition from college, like taking things from college, kind of and making it more like that.
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think ultimately that's where the future is going to be. Yeah. Um, but also, from a coaching standpoint, players uh, aren't taught the same way they used to be in a pro style system. Mm-hmm. You know, they're uh, everything's a lot quicker, more bullet point. You can we can have the discussion about attention span now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody's <laughs> on Twitter. If, <laughs> no. if you can, if you can. Uh, present present what we're doing in such a fashion, that it's an easier transition for them, which means better for us.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So we'll wrap up with a few uh, questions about specific position groups. We've talked enough about quarterback, but wide receiver. This is always like a huge discussion, obviously every off season around here, and, and that's the case once again. So a debate that Mink and I have been having with each other fairly often is what the ideal wide receiver looks like in this offense. So DK Metcalf? Did
1: you, look, did you see that photo? Did you see the picture of DK Metcalf?
0: I'm, I'm keeping all my scouting thoughts
1: <laughs> under, under wraps. That's what I, if you could just look at me and it's kind of a representation. of what Yeah, DK right. Is yeah, right. right.
0: I can help you right now, guys. That guys that can get open and catch the ball at an elite level, and are, and can uh, deal with people in press man-to-man situations. Yeah you know those are the guys we want those are the guys you know though that is the ideal guy now there are you don't need to have four of them mmm guys like that the other guys you know need to be dependable reliable but in this offense to, to kinda go where you're going we want guys that are tough mentally and physically dependable reliable you know they're uh, be able to block mm-hmm. sure-handed guys uh, but physical guys as well but the 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 guys with the uh, elite skill set, or the guys that uh, make themselves into elite receivers that get open, catch the ball consistently—that's um, that. That's no different than any
1: other offense. Right.
0: You know, point scorers.
1: hmm and, and how do you look at the running back position? Because obviously, Gus did really well last year, and KD when he came back, he mm-hmm. ran really well. Uh, you have have Alex Collins. who was awesome the year before. How do you look at that position group and, and uh, you know just the stable you have?
0: Well, um, all those guys have very positive traits, and um, you know, one is never enough in this league. You know, you got to have a stable of them. Um, you know, this organization, this team has had some elite running backs over the years, and I think you're always looking for that guy. You know a guy that can make things happen on his own. Right. You know, we'll get all this done for you. And hopefully if you deal with that one guy, if you can deal with that one guy, however you deal with them, that's how you get those big plays. So, um, but we, you know, running backs are all unique. You know, very much like quarterbacks. You know, they're all unique. They all have a different style. And we don't necessarily have to have three clones of the same guy. You know, they can all be unique. We can use them in different ways. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, elite running skills is where it starts. You know, here's the ball, go do, now make it happen. Make some magic happen. Yeah, make it happen. There might be a, you know, a type of read involved in the play for him, based on the concept of the run, where he's gotta be able to read the blocking scheme, or it might be more of a point of entry run, or a a perimeter type run, Mm -hmm. but we we have the means uh, to use any kind of running back with with skill, mm-hmm. um, a variety of ways. Right.
2: So let's finish up with tight ends because you. This is a position, obviously, that you know intimately well. You've worked with the tight ends since you've returned here in Baltimore. So last year, Mark Andrews comes in and, and was had a great rookie season. It was probably one of the I would say surprises of the draft in terms of what the Ravens did and just the production that he had. Hayden Hurst didn't have a strong of a rookie season as he dealt with the injury early. So what do you think is the key for Hayden to kind of get on track and, and find the way that uh, the Ravens expect out of him as being a first-round pick, and then what's the next step for Mark, too?
0: Well, both of those guys, uh, very excited about them. Um, you know, Mark was injured in training camp. It was kind of a role reversal. Yeah. And I was kind true. of worried about that young man in <laughs> training camp, and then all of a sudden towards the end of training camp, he got healthy, got on the field, and I think it was before we played Washington in the preseason game or so in practice that week, I was like, "Whoa, this guy is go- is 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 taking off! Mm. Like he's figuring things out rapidly." Mm. And it was very frustrating for him prior to that. Right. And then he kind of grabbed the brass ring at that point. He was getting to the point where Hayden was at. Hayden had the unfortunate injury, and you know, he missed a, a big part of time, a big piece of time, and really the first two to three weeks coming out of that was just kind of like. Ramping up time, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, but I I like really like how he caught stride towards the end of the season The very end of the season uh, moving forward, Uh, you know, he didn't have a ton of opportunities Throughout the year to really impact a lot of games He just kept grinding kept fighting through it was a great experience for him We expect him to be that much more of a pro coming in this year a very professional guy, but understanding this game like I said to them last year, and whenever we brought them in, I said, "You'll be shocked at how much you learn." Next January, you'll sit there and go, "Wow, holy cow! I've I've learned a lot. My perspective has changed." Right. So they've got that under their belt. Those guys—they're only gonna—they're only gonna get better. Those guys are—they're uh, gonna be really good.
1: Right. And, and last, what, last one th- with this? Bobby Anger moved from wide receivers coach to tight ends coach. Is part of the thinking there that, you know, you're still going to work a lot in terms of the run game and orchestrating that and the tight ends and their blocking role because they're so important in your run game, that Bobby can really work with them in terms of receiving and being big-time pass catchers in this offense?
0: You know, Andy Bischoff worked with me with the tight ends for a couple of years, so he's really going to assume a big role in okay. that area. Gotcha. And then Bobby's going to be able to really use his expertise with those guys um, and all the different uh passing game route running uh winning off the line maybe we split these guys out a little bit more Mm. where they're bigger receivers quote unquote you know now he'll really be able to help them uh coach them in that area right you know but uh bish will have the other part of it handled you know and as I've told all the coaches, I'm gonna rear my ugly head everywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Greg. We really appreciate it. Sorry we, we took a lot of your time up here today. No, and didn't get you guys. coffee. Yeah. And didn't get you coffee, so we apologize. That's
0: okay. I, I, I appreciate the uh, the time with you guys. <laughs> awesome. All right, cool. Nice, all right. Thanks. Thank nice you.
1: Me. All right, well really good stuff from Greg. I'm excited about this offense more yeah. after that interview than I was bef- not to say that I wasn't excited before, because I was.
2: <laughs> but I'm more excited now. So Going back to what I asked him when I said, when I described basically my vision of what the offense will look like, a souped-up version, and said, am I wrong? Now, he gave a long-winded answer, but he didn't really say whether I was right or wrong. What do you say? Am I right or wrong?
1: Um, I mean, I would probably still describe it as it's going to be a better version of that. But I do think that it was interesting. You know, he, he talked a lot about wanting it to have a good passing game. And I yeah. think that the Ravens will evolve into, uh, you know, I think you even said that you could see them being more run heavy next year than they were this past season. I don't know that I agree with that notion mm. after this interview. I think they're gonna, they are striving to be a balanced offense uh, and be able to run the ball efficiently and throw it. Now, will they be more run heavy than the rest of the league? Yes. But I don't think that their aim is to be as... I think last year, to kind of what he was saying, we were, we were fighting with one hand. Yeah. In lar- in, to a large degree. And we wanna be able to throw with both hands. We saw, you see the New England Patriots, right? I mean, when they want, need to throw the ball, they could throw the ball with Tom mm-hmm. Brady and co. But when they run, needed to run the ball or even just wanted to run the ball because that was the best matchup they were getting, they did so with Sonny Michel and company.
2: Well, I thought that was interesting. Like, Brady last year threw for, like, 450 yards in the Super Bowl. Lost to Philly. Right. This year, not a very good statistical Super Bowl for him. One of his worst statistical Super Bowl performances. They right. And they won. And right. that's what Greg's point is, too. We're trying to build a winning offense.
1: No, I think the Ravens, last year they went through the process on defense of building it from scratch. And, and how'd that end up? It ended up pretty darn good top of the league. How about... In 2019, number one defense. <laughs> and number one offense, baby. Size them up. Go ahead, size, size, them, size up. them
2: up. <laughs> size <laughs> them up. Size them up. Where's Super Bowl this year? It's Miami. 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 Miami.
1: All
2: right. So with that said, thank you so much to Greg Roman for joining us. And we'll be back with you guys next week.